welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. I had to stop and think there. What show is this? Um, uh, which goes to show the sort of week it's been this week. We are a little bit late already. And by we, I mean myself, Graham. And I'm here with the delightful John Whitmore back for more punishment after backing paper. Oh, I'm back. Uh, I'm back. No Rachel or Claire this evening, because um, Rachel's done her back in slightly, so she's having a night recovering from doing that. She's had a very busy week. Uh, she's been off um, recording more stuff at Ilford, but shh, don't tell anyone. That might have been a secret. Great. I don't... Look, we knew she... I don't know whether we knew she was going to. Anyway, if it is a secret, don't let anybody else know. Um, uh, and Claire is dog-sitting, uh, which sounded very appealing until I heard that she was dog-sitting for a Jack Russell. When I was like, nah, you're good. Um, well, I don't know anything about dogs. What's it, what is a Jack Russell? What? <laughs> oh, you, sometimes, John, you open your mouth and the stuff that comes out blows my mind. How? I mean, I can appreciate somebody saying, I'm not a dog person. I get that. Yeah, I'm, but not, I'm not a dog person. You must know what a Jack Russell is. The little yappy dogs, or one of the many. They're a small terrier. Do you know what a terrier is? Do you know what a dog no, is? Really. <laughs> I know what a dog is. It's got four legs. It's fair. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you're a dog or a cat person, but I feel that that question has very much answered itself. Um, I'm not a cat person either. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't guessed, I'm, I'm just being miserable. Miserable evening, John, today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very different strain to miserable daytime, John. Um, no, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with Jack Russell. So I, for anybody out there who has a Jack Russell, they are very sweet, but I have to say I prefer um, slightly larger dogs. One of my fave dogs of all time, one of the best dogs of all time, is Rachel's dog, Marcy, um, who is a delight. She's kind of a, a Malmut cross with, I think, a mountain lion. <laughs> She's huge and fluffy and just absolutely adorable. Um, so a big fan of Marcy, a great dog, um, and about the size of, I'd say, 20 Jack Russells. So a pretty great. Um, so that's why I had those... a bad experience with an Alsatian when I was younger, and I think that's put me off dogs for life. Well, you know, not all dogs, John, is what I would say to that. Um, but I can understand <laughs> uh, Alsatians can be... Um, yeah, psychologically psychologically challenged animals. Um, I'm always a bit wary of them. Um, but, you know, you need to give dogs a chance, John. A bit like black and white movies. <laughs> you need to realise that... Actually, we've got, um, we've got some friends that's got... They've got an Australian shepherd. And that's like... And does he have a dog? Beautiful. <laughs> he's beautiful. And hey, he has a dog. Hey, he's, he's beautiful. He's got a Jack Russell. No, he's, <laughs> Australian shepherd's a beautiful dog. Um but it's still still got this like element of aggression to it that I don't like. Yeah, then, maybe you just mix him with the wrong dogs. You mix him with the wrong yeah. dogs, clearly. Um, we don't have a dog at home um, because we don't have the kind of life. We don't have a cat either anymore, sadly, because we had the cat put down, which was a bit sad. Um, so that's a cheery note to start the show on this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are a bit late doing the show this week because I have my boys this week and um, they are not, um, what's the word I'm grateful for, particularly conducive to getting a podcast recording done because they very much like to occupy the exact space where I record my podcast and play video games at all hours of the day because that's what teenage boys do. Um, this you know this is the modern day and age we live in and uh, I can't even play my video games because they're here playing them and also they broke my PlayStation. They may not have broken it, but anyway, it's broken now and I'm going to blame them. <laughs> uh, you broke it. Yeah. Listen, it broke. Let's just leave it. Uh, it broke. Um, it's very sad. 
Uh, anyway, John and I thought, well, you know, we've got a bit of time. It's Friday night. We're, we're both sad losers. We've got nothing else to do but spend an hour <laughs> and a half. Friday? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent an no, hour and a half trying to sort out audio recording stuff. Uh, and then they get together and have a lovely recorded chat. And what we wanted to talk about is, so if you aren't on Twitter, and even if you are on Twitter, you may not have seen this because I actually missed it until John told me about it, is aid has been busy um and aid has been busy doing something that may upset and alarm some of you and may fill some of you with joy he has been selling some of his photographic gear some of his cameras and by some i mean almost all of them um you told me john that you'd seen he was selling some stuff didn't you i think he started last weekend uh yeah i saw it briefly i yeah i'm just kind of sprightly going on twitter and i saw it his first post pop up and I'm looking now. Yeah, he's he's pretty much <laughs> he's shifting it all, isn't he? He's cleared the decks. And I, I was surprised because I thought, okay, well, yeah, he's going to sell some of the stuff, you know, thin down. He's always saying he doesn't like having too much stuff um, and doesn't like the cluster when he feels it. It, it actually um, has a negative effect on his creativity because he just gets into a bit of a fuss about, oh, what am I going to use? There's all this stuff here and it, it, it's it's inhibiting him um but to see things like his bronica um a camera which he has spoken about with such love for so long and his nikons go like for somebody who's been here and you know had these conversations with him for so long it was a bit like oh oh no it uh he, he's not got rid of all of his analog cameras um but he's got rid of a lot of them, an awful lot of them. I think at the moment, at last count, he has got his Instax Classic 90 and I think Holger as well left. And I think that's about it. Um, so that's a pretty significant... Have you spoken to him about it? Um, only very briefly on uh, WhatsApp. We, we had a quick chat about it because he sort of dropped us a line to say, hey, guys, guess what? I've <laughs> sold everything. Um, <laughs> surprise. Surprise. And also uh, said, you know, I was thinking about, um, he, he's just starting to talk about again of, ah, we should do a photo walk again soon. Um, and I think we're in mm -hmm. agreement with that. So we might be looking to sort something out for, you know, not too distant future, a socially responsible um get together and uh, photo walk um so yeah he did and um he clearly feels pretty good about it and mm -hmm. obviously the proof is going to be in the pudding i just felt like this is something that's holding him back hopefully now that he's got rid of all that stuff and i think he got rid of some of his digital cameras as well didn't he it wasn't just analog gear um i don't know i think i saw uh, his fuji X20 on there as well, um, which is a little point and shoot that he had. Uh, I don't think he was using very much. So it wasn't just analog gear, but it was pretty much all of his roll film stuff. I think the only reason the Holger survived was because he forgot about it. Um, <laughs> and it got me thinking so, okay, AIDS gone down this path uh, to try and boost his um, creative output. And you and I, and I think most of our listeners are, are probably familiar with this feeling of, well, the things that are holding me back are, oh, I haven't got the right stuff or I haven't got the right time or I'm not in the right place to do this. So I said to you before we started, John, I would love to explore the idea of what you would do if somebody came up to you uh, and said, um, we love what you're doing. We want to give you a bursary of, I don't know, £5,000 a month to just go and for a year, just go and make art. T 
take away all of the um, restrictions of, you know, gear and money and time and all these things that affect all of us and you know and like i said i i'm always saying oh i would do more if i had time and um there's always different reasons for everybody but um there's always something holding us back but if what if somebody came along a fairy godmother and took all those things away what would you do john because i would love to see if we go through this thought experiment whether it does lead us to a better place is this like no holds barred like not just financial it's like so like family responsibility as well does that does that suddenly disappear well i mean i've always got the impression from talking to you john that you just bail on them (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely not true yeah let's let's (laughs) let's put that aside as well let's say that that was put to one side as well yeah okay uh right so what would i i'd I'd go traveling definitely now that's my the first thought that pops into my head it's just like i would just go get on a plane and I do I just like country hop as much as possible um, and take lots of photos. So, also. okay. So, oh, oh, and what would be the, what would you be looking for? Um, just to have, like, it, I don't think it would be necessarily photography driven. It would just be be a party. I mean, I just want to refer you back to the initial point of this concept is to free you up to make the best art you can and the art you want to, not just John goes on the jolly. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't be on a jolly. I'd spend it all on fast cars and booze. (laughs) I would be like going to the East Coast of Australia and reliving my my youth, you know, and just travelling around on a bus. They... I think, like for me, in those sort of situations, I make my best work when I'm not really thinking about it and I'm just experiencing stuff and living and going with the flow. Um, and that, like, I really like working like that because it takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Rather than thinking, oh, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I've got to do this by a certain time or this is what my intent is. And if I don't do it, I'm going to fail. It's like I'm just like, having a great experience and I'm capturing everybody and meeting in the yeah. environments I'm going to. But without yeah. intent, see, this is the thing that kind of comes back. If you're not working with intent, are we not just talking about glorified holiday snaps at the end? Um, hmm. <laughs> you, it <laughs> does seem like you're just trying to use this. I mean, I'm not saying that going traveling and taking pictures isn't a good thing to do, but you know, but like, like this, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, if you're removing all restrictions, so like you're suddenly given a load of cash. There's no you're not giving the money for a purpose. You're doing it because it's something you're choosing to do. It's it's massively selfish. So it's like, why not? That's yeah, what I'd st- want to do. But it is still about making the art, though. I, like I said, I, I want to come back to this. <laughs> I want it to be about making the art. And I suppose the question is, like, if we're saying, okay, you have been given this golden opportunity, everything has been lined up, is it going to give you... Uh, how is it going to make you make better art? I mean, you're saying you, know, you can go and do things freely, but do you think that you would produce better art because of this? No, not necessarily. No, not at all. Like sometimes those restrictions are, are the things that help you like, look harder and try harder, aren't they? And look for other things that are within the boundaries of those restrictions. It's the same as selling all your cameras. You know, yeah. If you've only got one camera and one lens, then that's absolutely fine. You work to those limitations and you make the most of it. And sometimes you'll, you'll get better results because of that. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't go out and buy a load of equipment. Like it wouldn't be gear driven at all. Like, it would be about having experiences and and going to places and seeing things that I've like 
with fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's a big holiday. We, we've very much got that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I keep pushing the point. I keep pushing. <laughs> somebody... Funnily enough, I'm actually like I'm starting to think about doing like patron stuff, and you know, like how like people do like um, they always have these random like high priced. Um, bids that people can do to support what you're doing. One of mine is definitely going to be fund me to go travelling. Fund me to <laughs> go on a never-ending holiday, please. Um, <laughs> so is then, I mean, I know you're very happy with your current gear setup. You've got mm-hmm. your Nikon F6, which yeah. uh, seems like it's kind of the perfect tool in many ways for you. Um, your medium format oh, game... Oh, there's a bit of news about those. There's been a product recall on Really? Yeah, like, so they still make them, I think, but like very recent models they're doing a product recall on for some reason. Um, so if you've got one, check your serial numbers because they're, I think they're just swapping them. What's wrong with ones. them? I don't know. I, I didn't read the details. I just looked at the serial number and realized mine was old. Okay, well, that's good. It's good that yours doesn't have the, whatever the problem is. That uh, yeah. Um, but you, you love your F6. I get the impression that, as yeah. far as you're concerned, there's no other 35mm camera that you would aspire to that would give you, would improve what you're doing. Or um... the only the only problem I'd say with if I was taking that travelling is the battery on it. So the batteries die pretty fast on it. Um, so I'd, I'd possibly t- I'd take another camera that wasn't so battery heavy mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i'm more than happy with with what i've got, yeah. got already but again it's like it's a it's a, it's a massive like it's a can of worms isn't it when you start looking at gear and like if you've got unlimited supplies you think well how much you could spend thousands on a camera that just seems perfect but actually i know that camera and i understand it so I'll definitely take that. Yeah. Have you ever been tempted by any of the stuff like the um, X-Pan or things like that? Um, no. I don't know why. Like People rave about the X-Pan, don't they? Yeah, it's it's a super uh, super pop. Well, it's a super desirable camera. Um, I mean, I guess it's one of those things. You know, it's, it's got a, the, the um, format is very distinctive and it's got great lenses on yeah. it and um but yeah they've they've become a very sought after item but it's always one that's baffled me slightly because given the price point um you have to be really sure that you're going to get the use out of it once you've got it yeah and it's not suitable for everything um but... well no that's it isn't like that like what what is the aspect ratio of the image in the x like that that's it's not going to be usable i don't think in a lot of situations so you kind of I don't know. Maybe if that was your one of your limitations, and you were just working to that, then you'd end up with a very unique set of images. Mm. Um, um, have you ever used one? No, one? no, I haven't. Nobody would let me hold one of those for a second. I can't be trusted. <laughs> quite understandably. Um, so okay, so there's no gear that you'd be particularly sought after. I mean, again, you're quite happy with your medium format gear, um, and you've got large format stuff. I mean, maybe. But you know, if you're talking about traveling, um, do you think that there is anything? Because you've been traveling before and you've taken pictures. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's any aspect that um, that could be improved by uh, traveling? Doesn't feel like something that actually would be terribly improved by more money. If you've got enough money to go, having more money, I suppose, other than being able to spend longer out there, um, doesn't really change anything, does it? 
No, I, yeah, no, I think that's an important thing to it for me. It would be time. It yeah. would allow me to spend more time in places and discover those, those discover stories and just spend time with people and getting really kind of engrossed in, in the culture. Um, and I think from that, that would, would start to produce better images um, from it. And, and that can only come from time, I think. Have you ever thought of flying in somewhere and just spending a couple of days? It's like how how can you understand a different culture in in two days? You know, it's like I guess you in some situations you have to, but yeah, t- time is the big factor. So, are you inspired by things like the um, sort of the National Geographic pieces that you see sometimes, where photographers have been out there and spent? long periods of time and perhaps multiple visits going backwards and forwards in in communities to put together these documentary series of work about these out of the way communities and stuff like that does that kind of stuff appeal to you um i I, I used to be when when i was younger i used to oh what's that guy's name um what's his name terrible name steve steve mccurry Mm -hmm. like he spent a lot of time in india didn't he and his images are very well known. Um, but the, as I've got older and kind of learnt more about him, I'm not actually that impressed with his photography anymore. Um, Why and his is style, that? He's a bit of a, a scammer from... <laughs> what, like he, he does massive manipulation on his images and <laughs> stuff like that. Right. And, like, I don't think some of the stuff he's, he's done, like, his moral compass isn't pointing in the right direction necessarily so but I'd, I'd like I obviously was very inspired by that when I was younger um and it was one of the things that inspired me to go traveling I think it was more stuff like um was it Michael Palin when he did um like pole to pole yeah it was just the stories it was like those sort of things inspired me more than the, the imagery um but yes yeah, like yeah spending time in places it is really important. Why do you think it is that, and I certainly don't think you're in any way alone in this, but you know, we're talking about stories and interesting places. Why do you feel that other countries have more interesting stories than this one does? Uh, does everybody say that about their own country because they know it and they kind of know the culture? You so don't even know what dogs are, John. I find it hard to believe. <laughs> This is true. Maybe I should start doing a series on dogs. So I, <laughs> I, I would love to see you do a series of dog <laughs> portraits that based on black and white dog portraits. I would love that. Because the, the question, the, like the reason I'm coming back, to the, or the reason I'm coming to this is that you know we've already ascertained that money would not influence your equipment in any way, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound as though it, that there are that it would influence the kind of photography you want to make. You want to go out and take pictures of people and um, places and stuff like that. And um, and it, it's whether, whether you could actually just do what you want to do now. In, because, you know, and I know you say, you know, this is a, you know, it's the country we know, it's our country. But, I mean, I've barely travelled to any of this country. There's huge chunks of it that I've just never got to. Uh, I think Liverpool is the furthest, well, I mean, bar, 
visits when I was young. I, you know, I hardly know the north of England. I've never been to Scotland. I've not been to the Lake District. Um, you know, there's this well, huge. You've never been to the Lake District. I've never been to Lake District. I have seen a dog. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, but this, I, I, I grew up in North Wales. The Lake District's like a you know, slightly less good version of where I grew up. So. <laughs> I want to go to the lake, district. but you see what I mean is like that there are these places, and there also there are these communities as well, all sorts of yeah. different communities and and all, all around the place. So it's um... like so in in the UK, I, I spent a fair amount like just traveling around locally as mm. well. Like I used to I used to go everywhere when I was younger, and like I, and I've lived all over as well that like I've lived up in Bradford and I've lived in Bristol and Brighton, all the bees. Um, so from those points, I would then travel around to local places to them. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's the same old argument, isn't it? If it's on your doorstep, it's just like, I'll, I'll do that next time. I'll do that when I'm older. And it's like, you want to tick off the, the harder to place places to go now. And you do those when you're, when things are maybe a bit more difficult for you to do those, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you know, as Aid was saying, the reason him doing this stuff sometimes, even though when he went out to um, Nepal, it was Nepal he went to. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was. Uh, definitely was. I think it was Nepal, right? Yeah, Depo. Um, and um, he had that, a great... that's on my list of places to go. I don't think it, I don't think it was Nepal he went to. Anyway. Um, Oh God, it's gonna kill me now because uh, I can't. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get over it very quickly. <laughs> um, uh, but um, when you go to these places, it is is making is how you go about making actually meaningful pictures whilst you're there because it's really easy to go there and take the very nice pictures but how do you actually go about making m meaningful pictures that haven't already been made a dozen times before and the point you made about well spending more time in an area with the community i think that is important but i think i think that's the only way you can start to get anywhere with it um because otherwise i mean travel photography is a huge thing isn't it i mean People, unsurprisingly, mm -hmm. love traveling around the world taking pictures. Um, it's a really popular thing to do. And you see, you only have to go on Instagram or anywhere to just wade through a sea of pictures of beautiful places and interesting places yeah. and fantastic stuff. Um, and they're aesthetically lovely pictures. Um, but that is mostly all they are. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, having aesthetically beautiful pictures is, is a great thing. Um, but how how do you go beyond that? If you're traveling somewhere, and and especially if you like, is it a thing you can easily do? I mean, if you if you're even if you're there for a, a week, a two weeks, three weeks, how do you s scrape deeper than just oh you know this is a beautiful place and i think and, it, and also make something that's more than that that is also interesting to people who just want to see beautiful pictures it's difficult <laughs> right uh, yeah and i think that does come down to your intent doesn't it because like say if you're just going to take the kind of classic photos in in a destination and that's your intent that that's perfectly fine and generally quite achievable in short periods because the whole infrastructure of kind of tourism is set up about 
getting you to those places so you can take the photo and other can, people can see them and then other people want to go there as well and see these wonderful things. Um, but if your intent is something else, then I, I personally enjoy times when those things unfold when you're in places and you meet people and that leads to other opportunities and you spend more time doing other things. Um, uh, maybe there's a case for actually doing those sort of things from home, you know, mm. do the research beforehand and getting in touch with people. So you, you kind of, you hit the ground running when you're there. Um, that could work, you know, it's, but if you've got limitless time and, and finances, then why not just spend your life traveling around and living on the move yeah yeah um i'm just looking i've got because it was sent to me recently uh, no i talked about on backing paper but i've got the zine that um bill thu sent uh, from australia and obviously he's taking pictures of a place that he lives in um and i think you get different pictures um you know the play, the pictures he's taking are not of iconic scenes there's not place you oh i recognize that it's it, they are personal they are you know out of the way places he passes through then you know, they're not um and that connects much more and, and i do wonder whether for anyone who's just traveling through it's going to be very difficult to to do that um more than you can when you're in your own space i suppose like i said ultimately i wonder whether if somebody said to you, you can do anything and you're like, great, I can go traveling forever, whether actually your art wouldn't be the thing that suffers most for it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you know, as you said, you, you can just go forever and see new things. And whenever that, um, I can't remember whose quote it is, but there is that quote of, you know, if you want to take interesting pictures, stand in front of interesting things, which is definitely true. Um, it's really difficult to take a picture of an interest and make an interesting picture if you're not in front of something interesting but the opposite of that is true yeah if it's easy to make an interesting picture just because you're stood in front of something interesting the quality of the picture then is perhaps lessened just because it's yeah sure it's you know well done you you saw sydney opera <laughs> opera house and pressed click and you got a beautiful picture of the opera house with the sun setting behind it or you know some beautiful sandstone valley in um somewhere and you know with the sunlight dappling through it in a river at the bottom and you know, it can look beautiful um but it, it's an easy thing to do um and yeah like I, said, I wonder whether as you said that lack of limitation will lead to a lot of low-hanging fruit picking and for you as an artist then actually st st stop growth mm -hmm. yeah it might do so, so what would you do like you it sounds like you'd be quite interested in going traveling as well. I mean, I, I love the idea of going traveling just because I've done it so little. Um, I uh, I went to Australia oh God, 17 years ago and spent a few months out there and a few months in New Zealand and a little bit around the edges. And that's essentially the only traveling I've ever done, pretty much bar none, you know, not just long distance, but even within Europe or wherever. I've, I've seen... Um, nothing of the, of the rest of the world um so i mean i very much would love to see more of the world because the world's an amazing place and i would love to see more of it and you know and part of that is taking pictures and stuff but i don't know i don't think that was where my brain would go first if somebody said to me okay you can go and um make pictures i don't i suppose going to certain places to take pictures maybe but 
traveling full stop just as like oh i'm a traveler now that's what i do and that's you know like travel photography i don't think would be my end goal um mm-hmm. uh i it would be fast cars booze and hookers for me might... <laughs> <laughs> i think the thing is if you were traveling all the time and you're spending a long time in certain places it probably stops becoming travel photography doesn't it because you're almost potentially a resident of those places if you're there like if you're there for six to twelve months, you could possibly call that place your home. Yeah, right, so maybe, maybe. Then it's not it's not travel photography, is it then? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But again, it comes down to but what is it? What are you making? Um, and if yeah, um, I think I, I've been thinking. I, I picked up a book off the shelf because I, I suppose you're thinking about well, what kind of pictures ultimately what kind of pictures do I want to be making? I mean, that's what it boils down to. Um, Mm -hmm. And pictures of places are not my thing, really. Um, I mean, I I can enjoy them and appreciate them, but that's not something that particularly inspires me to see or to take. If I'm out there, I'll take them, and obviously, of course you will, but that's not what drives me. And, and, And I don't have an good answer for what does drive me um <laughs> I, I i'm really inspired I, th- I think increasingly and for a long time actually i've i've been inspired by um more esoteric and surreal and work that's different in that way unreal work um mm-hmm. that stuff really inspires me i was looking through a book actually that somebody uh, gave me for christmas once it's called crazy photography it's not a very good book I, I will not recommend it but but looking through that and there's lots of pictures of people doing clever stuff with photoshop and what have you and i look at oh, oh yeah that's clever <laughs> But that was it. I mean, again, it's a bit mm-hmm. like good landscape photography. Like, oh, this is good, clever photography, but it's still not moving. But I think about some of the people who we've spoken to over the years on here, um, and just other people's work. You see that that actually captures feeling and mood and, and spirit in it in different ways. I, I think that's what really inspires me. I think if if somebody blank checked me. Um, I mean, the most positive thing would be the time, because time, I think, is the thing that yeah. is the killer for my creativity. But that said, um, certainly I know I found when I had some time off that I just kind of did nothing. Like, oh, I've got some room to breathe and just did nothing. <laughs> so it doesn't always... But that's, that's because you know it's not... like That, that time off is coming to an end. Yeah. So kind of for using it as a, a recharge phase <clears throat> as opposed to right what am i going to do you know yeah <laughs> the world is always the sort of thing it's like oh, i actually just need to rest now yeah which i think if you had unlimited time and finances to do whatever you wanted you would still have to have those phases wouldn't you where you're just like actually i'm just going to sit and play computer games for two weeks or <laughs> <clears throat> catch up on netflix or whatever it is that you do to unwind um you're still going to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, again, like you gear wise, I don't think there's anything really that I, I feel like my life is missing at all. Um, you, you always spend more money on lenses and stuff like that, but I don't feel particularly like there's anything that I don't have, which is stopping me from getting out there and making stuff. And, although I definitely don't feel like it's hindering me from making stuff, I have tons and tons of stuff that 
I'm not actively using. I have kind of, <laughs> I have a a project idea which we'll talk about more in the next few weeks, hopefully, that will start getting me using more of the stuff that I've got. But um, yeah, unlike Aid, it's not stopping me from doing anything. But I certainly have more stuff than I need and more stuff. Like if, than you, using. if you if you're looking at creating kind of more abstract work, <clears throat> you might find as you were going through the process that it'd be like, well, actually, to, to create this, I need these tools or I'd, I'd like to use these tools. And it might not even be a camera like camera equipment. It, it'd just be something for you to create the imagery you want. It, it might be going somewhere specific. It might be, I don't know, materials. It might be filters, whatever it is. And if you've got access to be able to buy those, you then you'd be going down that route creatively. So yeah. it's it's like it's just taking those steps and go right. This is the work I'm creating now, and just exploring with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, it does seem like we're both kind of well, apart from the whole paying to go traveling thing, which is obviously quite a big expenditure. But the time is such a big thing. I think for you, yeah. the ability to travel, and for me, just the time. Um, and I think for most people, if you can give them more time. Uh, and it's probably the most obvious thing in the world to say, but they'll be able to make more photographs. But I think you'll be able to do more interesting stuff because you need to have the room to kick ideas around in your head. And yeah. when you've constantly got other stuff in there, I, I don't know whether you find this, John, because I know you were telling me you've been doing your cheap shot challenge stuff this week, and I just I did mine last week. And um, and it can be difficult. Like, you know you've got this thing, and it's just like, okay, but there's a billion other things also in my head at the same time, whether it's work and making lunch and bringing this person back and whatever <laughs> very, it is very important. yeah um finding the time to actually develop creative ideas um it's a real bummer that rachel and claire aren't here tonight because you know, i think they have a more methodical approach to dealing with it than i do certainly uh, i don't know <laughs> how are you with your creative approach that like when you're trying to take on a creative project do you approach it quite methodically um so yeah so to start with i i will research massively and i'll start creating google documents i'll be pulling images together and i go through like a big phase of that and then i tend to at that point i either stall and it all becomes too overwhelming and i don't do anything so i'm just like well actually this is this is too big a project i don't have the time i don't have the money to do it so i don't do anything with it um I'd, I'd like to take time out like so at the moment I'm fairly busy with various different projects and I can feel I'm like trapped in them all and I'm just kind of I'm doing them but I'm not really thinking about them so like next week I'm actually just going to specifically take a few days off and do something completely random and when I've done that in the past I've found that the things that I'm working on actually start to bubble up in my head and I find solutions and think about things differently than I, I, I am doing at the moment because I'm so engrossed in it. Um, and I think that's a really important thing mm. to do. It's, yeah. it's hard to kind of say, oh, I can, I'm going to justify, say, two, three days off next week when I'm thinking about what I'm working on. But I think like for creative stuff, you, you have to. Um, like you just, it just gives yourself a reality check. Mm for me unfortunately my brain works in a way that um and anybody who's ever listened to this podcast will not be surprised actually um <laughs> that i just have to start um even if there's not 
a remote clue as to where it's going, I have to start. And once I've started, <laughs> hopefully I'll start figuring things out and ideas will come and I'll and you kind of um once you start running your feet just keep somehow putting one in front of the yeah. other and you end up somewhere um the sentence keeps adding words and it gets to a point hopefully um and that's <laughs> the way i go through everything and um at the weekend uh, elliot said oh, i'm bored and I, well i've got four sheets of film loaded up that i haven't shot let's spend half an hour and just go and take some pictures in the garden and that was as much thought went into it as that and I mean the pictures were not amazing but it was fun knocking around with him for half an hour mm-hmm. just taking some dumb pictures and playing silly buggers and um, but those pictures wouldn't exist if I hadn't just said okay let's just do this you know if I'd stopped yeah. thinking, okay what could we do let's come up with some ideas how could this work then the time we had would have gone and we'd have had nothing uh, we would never have even started um, and I know you said in the past that you found that when we did the groceries challenge that you enjoyed that because it's kind of like okay you just have to um, have to start have to do it have to come up with something <laughs> yeah I look like bizarrely I love like, normally I, I don't I don't like kind of pressure and like this has to be done um, and it kind of that ends up I think stilting me but in that situation I it just gave me such a like adrenaline rush of creativity and inspiration i was like right let's go and i was so excited by it and yeah i think that's a that is a great approach to like it, getting started is is very difficult to do i think sometimes mm. i think and it depends just on taking the, that first step yeah it depends on the way your brain is wired some people are good planners fantastic at planning what they want to do and then executing on it um and you know from talking to claire uh, you know and, and rach that tends to be the way that they approach it. they like to have a plan and they like to go in and they like to execute the plan and i'm bad at planning um but i'm really good at problem solving <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you just make the problem i haven't got any idea what i'm going to do then you just start going okay well that's no good i have to figure this thing out um that you know and that's uh, it's working towards the, the strength of your brain, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I guess. And I guess, like in a in a group project, like that's where you get like great teams, isn't it? Because you've got people that plan really well, and then if things go wrong, they maybe panic because everything's not in place. But the ones that can solve problems really well, are, like pick it up at that point, and that's where great teamwork comes in. Um, but for individuals, you have to kind of. You have to flip between those different roles as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. So given that I don't think anybody is going to give us infinite money, um, uh, <laughs> so, sorry, I don't know. I may have misled you, John, by, by suggesting this scenario. Um, Imagine I, loading up like your online banking, and it's just got the infinite symbol. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Congratulations, you have leveled up to Bezos. Um, um, Given what you like, you talked about that you've said would be your dream if you could do that. What do you think you could do that is going to get you there with what you've got? I mean, that's hard because obviously, you, <laughs> given the fact that yours was going for a jolly around the world, <laughs> what's going to get me to that position? Well, no, not. What, but what can you do? Like, I guess coming back to the thing, could you take a similar approach but closer to home? and have mm-hmm. the same experience and make the same kind of work, do you think? Is that... Um, 
Oh, I, I, I don't know. Um, the trouble, like in my head, the first, like I've got a list of places that I'd like to travel to, like India, Nepal, or like right at the top of my list. I'd like to go back to South America. It's like you can't get those experiences in the UK. Um, unlike, no, that's true. But but I said I, but you can't get those experiences. <laughs> but also, that's those aren't photographic experiences. You're you're talking about those in terms of I want to go and have life experiences, and I'm talking about this in terms yeah. of what about your photography, <laughs> the thing that you do for a profession? I feel <laughs> I like it's just reminding you. Like, <laughs> I think the reason my head's stuck is because I don't I don't necessarily see how to describe this. To me, photography is a result of life experiences. You know, it's it's not a, a photography doesn't. It's not the other way around. It's like I'm producing images because of the the experience I'm having in my life, and that's I think that's the same for everyone's art. It's like ultimately, it's it's yours, and that can only come as a product of what you're experiencing. Um, yeah, but you're experiencing quite a lot more than just going to foreign countries. Um, I mean, I haven't you got a child? <laughs> oh, oh, is that not sorry? Is that not enough of a life experience to justify some artistic output? Sorry, fair enough. Carry on. I, like it's a tricky one. I started off taking loads of photos of uh, of our daughter, and it's kind of dropped off a bit now. Well, and kids are very boring. <laughs> well, it's not. I, I I just love. I'm loving the experience and not thinking about taking photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're loving the experience of not thinking about taking photos. <laughs> Have you ever thought that maybe you're in the wrong career, John? <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not. I'm, not <laughs> I'm loving the experience and not taking photos. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why. I, don't, I, I know I should, like, there are times when I think, oh, I really should be taking photos of, of this moment as this is happening, but I'm just living it. Mm. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, I'm not even just talking necessarily about photos of your daughter. I mean, your your life has gone through a complete and utter change since your daughter came along. <laughs> and, you know, and your fatherhood is a different thing. Your life is in a different place now. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I say this as somebody who can completely relate because... The time I spent traveling, the limited amount of time I spent traveling was hugely meaningful to me. And I look back on it with great fondness because it was a unique time. I think anybody who's had the opportunity to do something like that, it is an incredible experience because your life is different from any other time. But um, but also, <laughs> we can't all do that all the time. And <laughs> maybe... Uh, uh, you said, uh, you know, our, our art is um, inspired by and, and d- derives from our life experiences, and uh, maybe by l- just limiting that palette too well, I want it to be based on my travel experiences. When you're at a point in your life where <laughs> I've got real bad news, <laughs> those are gonna <laughs> that, that list of places you've got mm, not for some years, my friend. Um, children ruin everything. You know what you should have got. A dog. A dog. <laughs> um, a dog. So, you know, like, given that, maybe you need to start looking to other life experiences to inform what you're doing rather than, than these fond memories of your youth. <laughs> I need to get away. The problem is, by the time I'm old enough, like, by the time Harriet's old enough for us to be able to kind of go travelling again, I'm probably going to be into, like, going on cruises, aren't I? I'm just <laughs> sitting back and... <laughs> How old are you? You're 50, I forget now. 
<laughs> what what age can you legitimately start going on a cruise? Uh, I know some people who I know people our age who have been on cruises. <laughs> I disapprove of them strongly, um, but it happens. <laughs> it happens. But you be you know what I mean? Like it, it, it in some ways it feels like sometimes talking to you. And I think perhaps it's because you look at your work and you associate your the work you like the most and um, and perhaps the work you feel is your best work with when you've been away traveling so the two are inextricably linked and you feel like oh if i'm not traveling i can't make my best work but mm -hmm. uh, but uh, on the other hand you know that that's also not true because you've had the confidence to set yourself up as a professional photographer who goes and does work for clients and produces very good work that has nothing to do with traveling and i actually think some of my best work is some of the behind the scenes stuff that i've done um in commentary recently mm -hmm. like and that that and that's a time thing again you know it's like i i love that like the commercial event stuff that i i used to do i didn't like you'd go in to like some business event and there'd be presentations about how great the business is doing everyone's sitting around drinking coffee and having their croissants and it's very stale you know but when you doing behind the scenes stuff and you're spending time with creatives who are making things and they're passionate and they're putting loads of energy into it it's fascinating to see it unfold and to be able to spend the time with people doing that i absolutely love and yeah that 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 kind of connects to the traveling thing it's spending the time with people mm. and revealing a world to me that i know nothing about you know and i, I find that really interesting and yeah i, I, I do do that locally and that's i guess it has got a parallel with what i, I like to do traveling wise as well yeah i mean and i think any listeners will realize there's quite a lot of worlds that you've got no experience of i mean like, like my <laughs> movies dogs <laughs> i mean i swear we're just scratching the surface of what is probably a very deep lake um i'm gonna go and find some kennels and spend some time at some kennels and get crufts you need to somehow find a way to get on the press team for crufts next year It'll blow your <laughs> mind um yeah, like I said, because you know, we're not going to get this money. So it's like, well, you're right. Our life experiences are what fuels it. But there's so much stuff. I, I, I loved as a kid and still to this day, I used to love those um, programs where they take you to a factory where they make a thing, you know, and like you'd see all mm -hmm. this. And it's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. They're making pencils. This is the most amazing <laughs> thing ever. They, that kind of thing, as you said, that glimpse into a world that... Yeah is not your world um is always fascinating I, I would absolutely love to do that and i was actually talking to somebody about it recently um regards um like factories in commentary there's, there's a lot of manufacturing that happens in commentary and there's like big car industry and everything and how amazing it would be to go in and document um there's a, a local photographer here called dr richard sadler who did a lot um i think like in the 80s and his work is phenomenal and it's a glimpse into what kind of factory life was like then but i don't see anybody doing that these days it's not being documented because it's all wrapped up in corporate gumph isn't it so like yeah to get access to like say you wanted to get access to an amazon warehouse right which you see all the lovely pictures of them and how happy the employees are <laughs> standing next to mm. the boxes going along all these automated skynet like lines and it's like 
I wonder what it's actually like to go in and photograph that environment and mm. document what's going on there. It would it would be incredible, but you'd never get access, I don't think. No, but I think that's true for uh, you, never mind Amazon. Like any uh, almost any business, like the behind the scenes stuff is always kind of fascinating. Doesn't matter what it is, you you pass you sort of scrape over the surface of all these things in the world that we interact with and just take for granted, and um, and there are all these closed off little bubble universes just happening and at the um last few months has made that even weirder in some ways because yeah. I, I go into a shop now and i don't know how to interact with them anymore I'm, you go up to the till and go uh okay am i giving you the stuff am i not giving the stuff am i like it's all just weird and like the universes have separated further and um <laughs> yeah I, I find all of that fascinating um and so i think you could find i think make you find some of the stuff that fascinates you close to home yeah i I, I i do as well unfortunately like I was talking about kind of going into uh factories and, and manufacturing plants and stuff like that I've been toying around with that idea for a while and as I was saying before I do kind of research and I look into it and I always get to the point where I just think well A I don't have the confidence to get in touch with these people to say how do you fancy uh, letting me have access to your your warehouse for the next two weeks and just come and photograph people and, mm. and your processes and everything and I think part of that is like I don't know how to sell it to people because I don't want to sell it to people. It's just like, it's just something I want to do. Yeah. And then I always think, well, no one's going to allow me to do that. So what's the point? Forget it, move on. I'm going to go take some pictures of dogs. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> what if you approached um, smaller uh, smaller businesses, you know, independent businesses, independent factories, you know, are people who are doing niche stuff. I, I, Hamish did some work for a cider manufacturer, um, a local mm -hmm. Tim, you know, and obviously he was doing it for them. <laughs> Although I think he most got paid in cider, so <laughs> ever, the, ever the shrewd businessman, I mean, that worked out well for him, I think. Um, but you know, stuff like that, where one, um, there's going to be less, hopefully, less red tape to wade through, and you can more easily get to people who are involved with it. Um, but also, there's more of a look. I would love to come and do this. It'll be interesting, and also you could benefit from this as well because you know there could be pictures that could be useful for you. Um, so th this is the catch, isn't it? Because it's like if someone's paying for it up front as like a commercial job, and mm. they want like product photos or like PR and marketing images, that's one thing. But to me, you're not really telling the story in those yeah. images. You're telling a fake story because you're selling a product or you're selling a, a, an environment or whatever it is. Um, but to sell the other side and convince them, like, if they're not paying for it and you're just after access, you've got to pay for it yourself yeah. in resources, in time. And it's like, so how, how would you get even funding to do something like that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You I mean you, you've looked more into this funding stuff than I have because I've looked zero into it. But if they're local, local um, businesses and stuff like that, they, I think there could be a way to it. If you say, "Look, I want to do work that looks in depth into these local businesses," and then you're talking to local funding and say, "Look, you know, I, I think that actually maybe there is a direct route to that." <laughs> I mean, it's, to some people, it might be a more uh, a more obvious, like, "Oh, are you going to produce art which highlights the?" cool stuff that's being done in our local area as opposed to 
I don't know, some wafty nonsense that artists like to make, <laughs> with apologies to, uh, as I mentioned, I'm quite a big fan of the wafty nonsense that artists like to make, but you know what I mean, you know, I think, I don't think it's a non-starter at all, I think um, local interest stuff is always going to be meaningful um, to to people who are funding, so, you know, don't poo-poo yeah, it, maybe. John. <laughs> I, yeah it's, it's my it is a lot of it is in my head i'm i'm very aware of this you know it's just you build up the the negativity and, and the barriers in your own head don't you and before you know it it's a terrible idea and you're better off just staying indoors and well going in the dark it's, it's, it's insulating isn't it i mean if you if you t- convince yourself that it's not a good idea and there's no point starting it, then you can never fail at doing it. The moment you start yeah. something, you can fail at doing it. You can do it badly and you can, <laughs> or you can just produce some garbage that people hate or whatever. Uh, yeah. And we live in a I'm world. Too, I'm, I'm not that, I, I don't think I'm that hung up about failing at stuff. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> I quite enjoy failing. It's good fun. <laughs> Come to the right place. <laughs> have, you, have you watched the, uh, the video yet that Hamish has put up? No, I haven't. I haven't. You told me to, and I haven't. Cause I'm... <laughs> so I, we went out shooting large format. He was going to shoot with the Camerodactyl OG, and I was going to shoot with the Chroma. And we went into some local woods, and we got set up in the first spot. I opened my bag up and realized I hadn't packed a lens. Um, and that, that's failing pretty badly, isn't it, when you're going out on a photography mission? Yeah, but... a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't, like... Things like that just happen in life, don't they? Shit, <laughs> which don't plan. By the way, just to clarify, when I go on commercial jobs, I've never done anything like that because I plan meticulously. Mm-hmm. But like you failing, I it, I don't think it's failing that stops me doing these things. I think it's just I think it's lack of self confidence, fear of people uh, saying no. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I just I always anticipate that people are are going to say no to everything. So what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I fortunately that's one of those things where I feel we don't even need to rebut that because you know, as you're saying it, what a terrible approach that is to me. But you, <laughs> but you put yourself forward for grants and stuff like that, don't you? Yeah, I've I've, I've submitted a few, which have all been rejected. Okay, well, did Reject, you get rejected? Rejection is quite a hard word. It's not rejected. It's just like, told it's to get stuffed. Stuff. Yeah, dear John, you must be joking. Please get stuffed letters. <laughs> we <laughs> don't even open the email. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it's the way the system works. Yeah, you know, the way a lot of art funding works. You, I'm I'm not very skilled at it. There's a certain kind of technique to writing these things and producing them. Um, and you kind of you have to tick the right boxes. You know, like all funders have their own agendas and directives that they're trying to achieve as well. So if what you're producing doesn't fit in with those, it's it's never gonna it's never gonna happen, unfortunately. So um, what what do the ones you've been approaching? Is there any kind of um, trend to what people are looking for at the moment? Um, it's just like so we're in Coventry. We've got City of Culture coming up next year, and there seems to be a large emphasis on community-based uh, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine, you know. So, like it's really it's kind of the stuff really we've been talking about. <laughs> uh-huh. it, like, it, it's it's really important, but it's not about 
like commissioning artists to create art based on communities it's about in, like the money going into communities to support them and mm-hmm. like that is obviously a higher priority than paying me to produce art sure so it's like well fair enough yeah i have no problem with that i think it's it's a it's a brilliant like concept they've got and direction they're going in um so it just kind of but it rules out me going like applying for some funding to do something that drives me for example i'd have to shoehorn in something that they would want to make the the funding work yeah Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, it does make sense. It does make sense. Um, I sound incredibly cynical. I like if I did more of them, then I think it's a numbers game as well. You know, it's the more you do, you're going to get one eventually. You know, because part like chicken and egg, you get better at it. The funding opportunities come up that align with what you're doing more. You know, it's just it's a numbers game and and, and time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't seem as though anyone's going to send us money or time, John, <laughs> which is sad. <laughs> We're digressing to me just ranting and being cynical, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think we started there, actually. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't figured for myself personally, I haven't, I don't think I've figured out quite yet a way. It's making better use of my time. And uh, honestly, and this is so dumb, I think a large part of the thing that could make my creative output get better is... Uh, going to bed earlier so my brain is fresher because <laughs> uh, i'm a yeah. real idiot for staying up too late as john can testify because we've sat chatting <laughs> far too late for far too long um and then you just kind of you don't have that oomph um uh but yeah because you know i mean even the time argument i don't for, for the kind of stuff i want to do doesn't necessarily hold true i like, i think that if I had enough time, if I had enough mental oomph there, I could do something that would interest me at home if I could figure mm-hmm. it out. You know, I I don't know what, but I could do something. When I first got into photography, um, which wasn't that long ago, I mean, we're only talking 2011 before I, but, but I developed any interest at all in photography. And in that first year when I was doing stuff with digital, um for the most part, uh, I was just doing stuff either at home or within the 20... Well, I wasn't really going anywhere. And it was all just, okay, what can I do to make this interesting for me? And, you know, mucking around, breaking things, trying dumb stuff. Um, and I don't do that as much anymore. And I think it's an energy thing. Like I said, I think it is genuinely just, oh, oh I, I'm getting home and I'm just not doing that. And admittedly, this, mm-hmm. you know family stuff as well and you know i got told i'm not spending enough time sitting down watching tv apparently who gets <laughs> nagged to watch more tv that's weird but apparently it happened to me um but you know i look back at some of that stuff and i'm not saying it was great pictures or anything but there was a different approach it's like oh i'm gonna have a go at doing this i think one of the first pictures um i took so pixelated photographer the forum that kicked off all of this 2016 stuff um chris used to run monthly challenges and there'd be a theme and um whatever and i can't remember what the theme was it might have been self-portrait or it might have been hobbies or something but one of the first pictures i took um having only been in the hobby for a very short time was a picture um and this was using a cheap um fuji bridge camera piece of junk um digital mm-hmm. one obviously and 
I took a picture of myself um, just looking forward, holding a con video game controller in my hand, staring intently forwards. Um, and I used a laptop on the floor. The room was dark, and I used a laptop on the floor outside, kind of facing up towards me to kind of uplift my face as if there's a, you know, to give the screen lighting because the TV yeah. was too far away. So that I lit myself like that, took this picture of me leaning forward. And then I got a screenshot of a video game and layered it on and just kind of curved it. So it kind of looked as if you're looking out from the video game screen onto my... The, and, like, I'm not doing stuff that creative anymore. Like I said, I'm not saying it was good, but yeah. I was I was mucking around and experimenting like, stuff. Like, good is, is meaningless, isn't it? So it's, you're actually making something and yeah. you're doing something. And that is a phenomenal thing to do. And I'm, I'm the same, I have very little energy to kind of to get started just doing anything mm. with those sort of things because I, like for me like everything I do seems so serious because it's like oh crap I've got to make money out of doing this so it's like this it almost gets rid of the fun part mm. so it's like oh uh right I, I can't justify I don't know like actually today was was really good fun because I was doing the um, cheap shots challenge but it's like justifying doing those sort of random things becomes very hard when you think, well, this isn't going to make me any money, is it? Mm. No? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I hear the same thing from Rach as well. You know, t your time is short. And if you just buff it up the walls doing stuff, um, it's, I, the, uh, it's a hard thing when uh, your hobby and your passion is also the career path you've chosen. I think it's really yeah. tough. Um, I am having like mentally I'm trying to flip that bit and thinking well actually like like during lockdown and doing the dark shed live stuff and I've been doing loads more experimenting and I feel so much happier just creating rubbish mm. ultimately well, it's, well, yeah it is rubbish you know but it's it's experimenting and I'm enjoying it so much and it's revealing what I actually kind of enjoy creating more rather than just treading away going i should be doing this i should be doing that mm. it's like that freedom to go i'm just going to do this today is brilliant and i actually think that that is the route to go down because ultimately you will get to a point where you're making something that then has the potential to be be more commercial yeah 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 i think the element of play the element of mucking around and experimenting um is really important. I think certainly for me, I'm I'm beginning to realise that I've always I've always <laughs> you, you do like mucking around generally, don't you? That's that's your personality as well. Yeah, so you like having a laugh and and just doing random stuff. Yes, throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I've been over the last couple of years, I think I've been trying to. I've been thinking to myself, I ought to try and settle down and find what my direction is what's my style what's because you everybody's you, you i think we'll all feel like either we've all feel like we've got our own unique style or we're looking for it or what's my what's my style and it, it, it feels like there's a pressure there that is always in place like oh i need to and um and so i've been thinking oh maybe i ought to try and sort of find the cameras for me to use and like actually stop being such a dilettante and with all these different films and just and settle down and then start concentrating on the art and maybe that's ass backwards actually maybe <laughs> maybe the this week that next week something completely different i've only done each thing once maybe that just is where i'm at um yeah maybe, maybe that is your style 
<laughs> yeah, being, like... a complete absence yeah. of style. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're probably fine. Like if you were creating stuff, right? If you just trying lots of different things, at the end, like, at the end of it, like six, twelve months down the line, and you pulled all that different work together, you would probably find connections between them all yeah. that you weren't aware of. But you've you've got to be creating to do that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You have, and um, again, it comes back to different people approach things in different ways. But I've always had a bit of a problem. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I found this even with work. <laughs> like, I, I, I've had worked for places where when I've been there, they've been going through major upheavals or stuff like that. And it's been like, oh my goodness, there's all this stuff going on. You're firefighting, not literally firefighting. I mean, you're doing stuff everywhere and trying to figure. And then the business settles down and gets into a routine. And I go, oh, I am so bored. <laughs> I'm yeah. gone. Um, because it just doesn't. So, yeah. Um, what have we figured out, John? I think we figured out that maybe <laughs> both of us, I mean, apart from the time thing, but... We have some time. I think we have enough time to do more with than we are, um, especially you, because <laughs> you've got a young kid. <laughs> I've got so much free time. It's Cause crazy. Got, yeah. Um, crazy. I do, like, even though I am a, a very minimum amount of time, I do think there is a case for being more efficient with your time, whoever you are. You know, I think there are th- it's, and prioritising different stuff. So... If you do want to do more kind of creative photography, you just have to sacrifice something else for it. And a like, goat, for example. Yes. <laughs> Make an altar, <laughs> get a goat, and uh, just get on with it and yeah. happy days. Yeah, then, yeah and like, send the remains to Kai Lewis, who can then make a lovely <laughs> stereotype of them. <laughs> well, there you go. It's done, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, that's where the inspiration comes from, dead goats. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast (laughs) anyway um well i think in a roundabout way we kind of figured out that maybe aids approach to this is the right way is that what we've got to i i but hence why i suggested it and everybody (laughs) gasped (laughs) it's still shocking to me he was he's over he was overwhelmed wasn't he yeah um and i just hope like right, it, there's no pressure at all. If he doesn't want to take any more photos, that's his his choice. It's his life, you know. And yes, it's a shame um, because he's kind of he's clearly gone through a great journey with it till now and produced some amazing images and really enjoyed it. It seems a bit alien to kind of discard it, but if that's what he needs to do to then shift his focus somewhere else that he's really going to enjoy as well, then. Let go, let go of that baggage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you need to. Well, we said the fact that when you're trying to create something and you've got so many different things pulling at your brain, it stops anything happening. I guess it's exactly the same thing if you yeah. if you're feeling that way about your photography. It's um, well, we'll we'll all try to be more zen-like and um, squeeze the most we can out of what we've got, even without our infinite bursaries. Um, coming our way and I th- I do think John I think you need to I, Coventry's an old city and it's got to be known for more than just being sent to it and being bombed um, there's got to be some cool old businesses going on there I think you should like look into this this is the thing you can do do a bit of research I, I already am I like it, it's a, a potential funding opportunity I don't I, I don't know I'm, I'm chatting to somebody about it at the moment but 
it's it's the two main things that always comes down for photography for me it's time and access mm. you know like or funding what if you want to call time funding and access and it's getting over that if you can get over those hurdles for it then i think it's a brilliant concept and i would love to be part of it and yeah i'd, I'd just be fascinated by it but it's getting over those hurdles yeah well if anybody out there would like to send john and i enough money so we can do whatever we want or, <laughs> or just give me access to your factory yeah, and warehouses or if you have a pencil like... factory does it uh, I'm, I'm really keen on the whole pencil factory idea i mean are, are you more flexible <laughs> on what kind of factory it can be john where did uh, no pencils are fun. where do they make pencils i don't know <laughs> why are you asking me what how on earth did you think i was gonna have an answer to that question a pencil factory how, how are pencils made Listen, go back to your childhood and watch that uh, show. It was probably on the Teletubbies at some point. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, if if anybody listening has an in to some of this stuff, a John, pencil factory, as a pencil factory, an artisanal pencil factory, we would love to know. Um, I would love to know. John would love to know. Um, and also, like anybody who's out there, because we're all on the same journey. Um, I would be fascinated. Write into us at sunny16podcast at gmail.com and you know, let us know what your path through this because none of us have got infinite money. And as I mentioned just a second ago, if you have got infinite money, please send some to us um, so we can enjoy the glories of it. Um, but I've just done a very quick Google search for pencil factories. And there's one in the Lake District that makes 14 million pencils every oh year. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have to send them an email. You do. You need to go to the Lake District to go to a pencil factory. All right. Well, you write to the dog factory. I'll write to the pencil <laughs> factory. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I, w- I would love to know how people are, are kind of get how they keep themselves inspired and interested in moving forwards and w- whether it has been through downsizing or upsizing what's kept you when you've got into a bit of a rut what's kept you guys going and um and have you had any inspiring things because you know it's it's a a never-ending challenge i think to keep keep on the road and keep going with this i mean we all love our hobby but sometimes you can look back on the year and go oh i've hardly made anything this year and um yeah it's it's difficult right it's easy to stop. It's really easy to not do something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this was going to be a shorter show than this, but we've waffled on, John, as we <laughs> as we do. Are you actually going to put this out? <laughs> uh, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> it sounds like a good idea. We will go now, though, um, and we'll be back uh, at some point soon, no doubt, with backing paper or something. Who knows? We might do a combined show. Might do a combined show next week, depending on how many emails we get in and what else goes on. We will see. Um John, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) You can find John, obviously, at The Dark Shed on Twitter and Instagram and check out The Dark Shed Live on YouTube. Um, And you got anything coming up, John, you need to let people know about? Uh, No, I don't think so. They can go and check out your the stream. I'm going to have a holiday from from the internet. (laughs) Again, whenever I speak to you, you're always having a holiday. I think when the holiday is more time than the time you're actually (laughs) doing stuff. That's not true. It is true, you lazy, lazy boy. Um, Well, we will play you out, as always, with uh, 
Rachel's Band Roja from the album Promises I Should Have Kept, which you can find on Spotify and Amazon and all other wonderful places where music can be found. Uh, until we speak to you again, thank you for listening. If you've managed to make it through this vague wandering waffle, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.